welcome back to the Glove Podcast. My name is Gabrielle Love and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in once again. I am so grateful for the feedback that I've been getting and the shout outs of support, as well as the people that are reaching out and just kind of mentioning things that have stood out to them in past episodes. That said, we have another amazing psychedelic episode today. We've got another amazing guest. Her name is Lisa. I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. I don't know where it's going to go, and I imagine she doesn't either. So we are all in for a surprise. Lisa, welcome to the Glove Podcast. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you for uh, sharing this time with me. I'm very excited for whatever unfolds. Right on. Awesome. Do you want Mm -hmm. to uh, take a few moments to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Lisa, Lisa St. Pierre. I live in Cambridge, and uh, I'm a student of the journey, I think like we all are. I call myself a little toss salad of everything, but in particular, I'm a mother of two beautiful children and I have a beautiful space. I own a wellness center um, and I have for the past 15 years, as well as a a beautiful dual life where I also work uh, running classified programs for the military and the government. So I'm kind of in and out of, of two different worlds on a regular basis, just trying to find my way through what's happening right now on this uh, global exploration and, and process we're all going through, or some of us are going through in different different dimensions, different different ways. Um, yeah, so here I am, just uh, ready to see where this goes. Beautiful. Thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. And it definitely sounds like a tossed salad. Um, <laughs> and you you brought up something, you're, you're a student of the journey. I'd love to hear more about uh, what the journey means to you. Oh, the journey for me um, and why I call it a toss salad is because I, I joke with the people who I surround myself with in the sense that I feel like randomly, you know, around eight years ago, I had what I call a baptism by fire in the sense that I was a, and I still am a mother, but a mother working, you know, doing the regular go home, you know, go to work, go home, sleep, eat, repeat, do what needs to be done, fill my my day with all of these things, and felt like that was life. <laughs> that was the way it was supposed to be. And then a certain level of discontent came into my life about eight years ago, completely out of nowhere. Some might call it a midlife crisis. I didn't call it that because I would just call it a severe case of curiosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started searching and Little did I know I wasn't really searching. Things were finding me. In that process of things finding me, it led me on this incredible path of, like I mentioned, a very black and white world of of working for the military and everything classified and, and government and all that stuff that follows with that, being a mother. And then all of a sudden, I was uh, tossed into a new reality where I was introduced to different plant medicines. And I mean, fast forward eight years, I've been to Columbia a few times. I've taken Joe Dispenza's courses, uh, intensive courses in person. I've, you know, studied, I think, like almost everybody I know and, and became certified in different levels of Reiki and energy healing modalities, ended up in sound therapy with different soul members of my family that showed up during this process and guided me through different paths that just opened up. And I think what I mean by the journey is just consistently finding a door and opening it and seeing what's behind it, regardless of the emotions that come up in that process, Mm -hmm. just taking that leap. 
Yeah, beautiful. Consistently finding a door and opening it. So mm-hmm. if if we tie that into your journey with plant medicine, your you know, your experience, your relationship with plant medicine, what was that first door opening like? And what were the emotions, if you can remember back, um, that came up for you when considering opening it and, and walking through? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, I do remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, I had no knowledge whatsoever. In fact, so much so I need to, to backpedal a little bit. I was raised in a family that had uh, a lot of police officers and very systematic programming. So, so much so that my uncle was uh, the head of the youth department. And he used to come into my high school class with that you know, that trunk of say no to drugs. Everything's there to hurt you and harm you and kill you. That was my life. So plant medicine, not knowing about the organic process of unraveling and unfolding a different part of yourself was not a concept I knew of. So during that discontented time, people like Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, Eckhart Tolle were big on the scene. And I started to watch podcasts and different YouTube clips that consistently evoked my curiosity so much so that a hunger came and I just kept filling myself. I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough of whatever this new thing was. Filling my cup, I ended up finding a podcast on a Canadian shaman working with plant medicine. And then I became enthralled with the process and learning as much as I could. So much so that I let it go. I searched for probably two years to try and find why this intrigued me so much. And the moment I let it go, I received a random kind of like a spam email. And at the bottom of it, talked about this place locally that had a Colombian shaman that migrated here and started his practice based on the calling of what was happening on the planet. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I knew that that was something I had to pursue. And I went into a space, I was very unhappy at work. The person I worked with, I really didn't like working with her. We were at the, the end of it all. I was going to quit. I was, I was literally going to quit my job and, and find out what that meant. And I went into work the next day after finding this. And I said to her, I said, look, I'm about to go on a retreat, which I, I literally didn't plan. I think subconsciously I wanted her to say no. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to this retreat. And um, I think this is the only way we're going to salvage whatever's left of our relationship because I need to find a way to quit my job. And I think this is it. (laughs) That's what I thought at the time. So I went in and I presented her with what I found out to be ayahuasca. Right. And lo and behold, again, this, this person looked up at me and said, I'm in (laughs) not not at all what I expected. And that's where the journey began. And I went to my first uh, two day retreat that I can only describe as, like I said, a baptism by fire. I, had to let and I had to surrender to the maximum I'd ever surrendered in my life to date to allow that process to unfold. And then from that moment on, uh, a fire lit in me. And I pursued that path for almost two years straight, every second weekend for two days at a time, Mm. going back on a regular basis to open to, to consistently open. I feel like I did this crash course in two years of everything that I needed to catch up on <laughs> and to get to the place where I am now, where literally I go uh, when I'm called and I feel like the real work I'm doing is at home now and mm-hmm. with myself and inside. 
Wow. That, that is mm-hmm. quite the story. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I specifically love that you're framing it as baptism by fire and then <laughs> tied, tied that moment in of, of that fire sparking for you. That's such a beautiful story. I, I'm impressed that you you did that for two years, you know, consistently or at least as consistently as possible every other weekend. That to me sounds like I I I wouldn't be able to do that. I I imagine I wouldn't be able to do that because I find that each one of those experiences is so incredibly transformative and profound that I tend to need at least a couple of months to process and integrate. So amazing that that you were able to do that. And that brings up a question. How do you integrate? How were you able to integrate? In that process of going every few weeks, there was no integration. It was mm. um, what I would describe as climbing a ladder and looking over the fence and you see something so surreal and so beautiful. And for that moment in time, it brings you back to the truth of who you are, but you have to climb down the ladder again. And there was such a profound sense of loss of like lack at that time that I consistently had to go to that ladder and keep climbing and looking and looking and trying to figure it out because that was my logic mind. And until I could get into my heart space and realize that I had to find that myself. That's when the integration happened. And obviously working directly with this beautiful Taita that we had um, and his wife in the process where they would then obviously guide us into these ceremonies and the beauty and the, and the depth of searching inside. Then I realized and started to learn what integration was. So the beginning was just pure fear. Just, I need to get, I need to escape I need to get out of this. I need to find that what I see over the fence. Mm. And now it is not that. It's exactly the way you described it. Every few months, every maybe twice a year, something inside of me starts to well up again. But now it wells up in the sense of I've done so much integration and so much work. How can you beautifully show me or guide me into something else I need to either open up or look at it in a different perspective or recharge? recharge because that's something I I feel deeply in my journeys. I physically get a recharge and a lot of work is being done on calibration that I just couldn't necessarily do on my own. And that's when I go, which is a totally different uh, reason now Mm. than in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I mean, you know, this is a conversation, so feel free to head in any direction you'd like to go. Um, if the questions are a bit too much for you, I, I'm, I do tend to ask questions because I'm, I'm so curious. I want to mm-hmm. unpack things. I want to know more. Okay. So, you, you know, there's more integration now than there was during that two year period. You, you learned many lessons. One of which is, is this scenario that you've painted for us where you're climbing up the ladder. You can see what's over the fence and you, you got to climb back down. Can you think of any particular experiences you've had with ayahuasca where that lesson was something that you learned through that experience like what can you elaborate on maybe just one of those experiences of what the experience looked like what it was like for you and how that lesson was presented one that popped in my mind as you were speaking was uh my first journey to colombia which synergistically was february 22nd <laughs> we nice. Just my right. God. Yeah. So it was February 22nd, 2018. 
uh, or 19. And my second one was the year after February 22nd. So both my journeys were February 22nd, regardless. The first time I was there, we were brought to the Maloka. And a Maloka is um, this very ancient structure that was built and used for many, many, many years, hundreds of years, actually, for shamanic uh, work, plant medicine, and all of the natives and locals gathered there for worship and prayer. Very, very powerful space. What it looks like, because I'm sure not many people know what a maloka is, and that was the name of it. It looks like the, um, if you've ever seen pictures of Bali and stuff where they have the thatched roof yeah, and the yeah, bamboo, yeah. but on a very large scale. Okay. So imagine that on a very large scale that could house like 50 to 100 people. So our group went into this beautiful space outside water. I mean, everything was very dirt ground, a great big fire pit in the center with a fire that was like 12 feet high. It was, it was in my mind, it was 12. It could have been six, but <laughs> it was the huge fire. And it's in the middle of what, you know, a jungle. And uh, in that experience, it was so profound for me because I had what I can only call as my very first glimpse on the a oneness that I didn't know. Up until that time, I felt separate. I felt very separate from everything. In fact, separate from myself more than anything. In that experience, um, it was almost like a book had been presented in front of my face and every single experience and person I'd ever met was flipping through as this book was opening and the pages were turning and the integration of all of those people and the places and things and experience aligned. And I felt this energetic shift and knowing that we are all one. We are all one. Now, it sounds so beautiful. In that space, it was so horrific for me because, again, it's such a shift of everything you know to be true. The constant tearing away from what you think, the, you know, the lifting of the veil on new levels, whatever you want to call it. I was so sure that that experience, the next day I said I was going home <laughs> and everyone was like, okay, we understand. It's okay. But that was the most profound experience I'd had. And it actually brought me to a new level of personal awareness. And it was after that point that all of the, I would call them soul members of my family started to arrive in my life. And my journey really changed where I felt a different connection to everyone. I felt a, a oneness that I wanted to say, I love you to everyone. <laughs> I wanted to say, I know you to everyone. And my experiences after that, I had this profound love of connecting with people. So my favorite place to be after that moment and still is, is being able to sit with people and hear their experience or talk about anything. And I can, I can feel it in my own bones. I can separate it energetically, but I, I, I just am so curious to hear about other people's experiences and what they've gone through and how they feel about it. And it brings a level of connection. I see you, you see me, we can move through this, whatever's happening, this is all happening to everyone. Let's just open up to it. Let's just be here for each other. Let's see each other. And I believe that was the birth of me knowing and feeling what being in the present moment is. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. That, mm. thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It, uh, it, 
it, like one of the things I thought while listening to you was, oh yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, you sound a little like me there. Sound a little <laughs> like right? a lot of people. Yes. Um, uh, that's what I felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt we were all having the same experience. In fact, that's the joke people have when I go. It's like, I feel everyone's having my experience. And still to this day, my tight just says, no. Everyone has their own journey, even though we're all part of each other, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. so now that you've uh, shared that, I thought, uh, so this is the other thing that came up while I was listening. Uh, we could do a bit of an exercise here where put yourself in the shoes of someone. Let's imagine, I'll, I'll just paint a picture for you. Let's imagine that there is a copy or a clone of you. Mm -hmm. And this clone of you is sitting, you know, across from you currently, or is somewhere in the audience, the future audience listening to this episode, or that clone of you is me. Now, you just shared a bit about, you know, you love connecting with people, you, you're, you're so curious about uh, their experiences, how they're feeling, all that stuff. Now, let's remove you from being you in this moment. Um, and instead, I want you to be that clone you. And then I, I want you to share your experience or whatever it is that you feel, you know, in this moment called to share, share how you feel about it, how it makes you feel, all that stuff, as though you are a person that you are connecting with and listening to. Does that make sense? I think so. I think so. Like I'm almost interviewing myself. Is that what you mean? Well, well, okay. I'm just, I, I, I basically, what I, what I want you to do is, is take that, uh, take that share that you just did about mm -hmm. connecting with people and listening and being curious about them. And now mm -hmm. imagine that someone out there, or imagine that I share those sentiments and, and feel that way. And I am now listening to you share your experience, share something um, mm -hmm. so that I basically, I want you for a moment or two to be the person that's being actively listened to, you know, and, and uh, connected with by virtue of you sharing your experiences. Does that make a little more sense? I think so. I'm okay. going to try it either way, whatever right. comes out. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what came up for me when I heard you explain that is what uh, currently, currently I'm having experiences that I true, they're truly taking my breath away. They're truly taking my breath away. And it does relate back to the present moment. And it relates to my children. It relates to my children and conscious communication. So right now I have uh, a 10 year old and an eight year old daughter. Both are very sensitive beings, beautiful little light beings. And um, I am witnessing the process of them evolving into who they are. And I think that goes into the thought process I originally had, which was, I need to have them fulfill the dreams that I missed in my life and become this, that, and the other based on programming or my life experience. And the unraveling of what I'm witnessing right now and being able to be present with them and watch these creative beautiful creatures evolve and teach me is breathtaking. So I'll give you an example. Um, my 10 year old, who's, <laughs> I think the evolution of technology right now has brought where we were, let's say at 16, 17 mm -hmm. to a 10, 12 year old child. 
They just know so much more and they're so much more connected um, to things that we didn't have. So she came uh, last week and she had um, a nose ring and it was a fake one, but it looked very real and she had it in her nose and, and she's ready to go to school. But what happens in all of these experiences with her, is she comes to me with these big doe eyes looking at me with this new thing she's exploring. And I know deeply right in that moment, she's looking for my response. Mm. My immediate response is thinking about how I would have had a response of like, oh, you're not going to school with that, or you're not doing this, or what is that for? Those things come back in my mind, but then my heart opens up in the present moment and says, that is a very creative expression. What does it make you feel like? What, what, what are you going through now? What, what, what do you feel with that? The moment I ask any question like that in the process of her journey, she opens up like a flower and blooms in front of me each time. There's a process of her knowing that she's seen, that she's heard, and that she's okay to express herself as she feels. Obviously, with the boundaries of, I'm not going to allow things that are harmful or hurtful, but in a space where it's a, a nose ring, I know that everyone in my family, when she shows up, they'd be like, and they have, <laughs> they have said like, what, what is that in her nose? Why is she wearing that? And I'm like, it's a piece of jewelry. And if you think about, which I expressed to her tribes who paint their face and shave their head and wear jewelry everywhere, it's an expression mm -hmm. and this is hers. And I need to see where it goes because this is who she is. So that's one example of so many they bring to my plate. My youngest is the same. She gets very upset and uptight, and then she'll want to explode. What I have to do with her is bring her into a space instead of a time out that we had as, as children, mm -hmm. I call it a time in. And in that time in, we go into her room and we breathe. We open up to what emotions are coming out and then we pull them out. Like if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling anger and with her, because she's very physical, we end up dancing. We end up doing like stretches. We end up, sometimes she wants to scream, but these things weren't available to me. I don't know where they're coming from. I consider it a vessel of this process and they teach me as I go. That is right now what I'm living in is, is figuring out how in this technology age to be present as these children are evolving the way that I'm, you know, being fed it through my experiences with plant medicine and the courses I'm taking and, and trying to create a new platform for them to jump off of. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Yeah. The, the first thing I want to say, and I, I know this might sound a bit odd, but I am so proud of you. That is, that is just uh, amazing and such a beautiful exploration that you've taken on of uh, what a relationship with children can look like, what it can feel like, and, and what an experience for children can be like growing up, you know, and discovering themselves and discovering life. I, those are just beautiful examples of how to hold space for, for the sacredness of that process um, of a child, you know, just discovering the world and uh, expressing who they are and, and being able to play within, mm. you know, a safe container um, and feeling safe to do that, um, feeling like the, the, you know, the people in their lives that they're looking to for support and, you know, guidance are making them feel safe to explore things without fear and, and you know, just play. And yeah, that, um, wow, wow. 
That thank is, you for that. That's really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I I hope mm-hmm. you know. I hope you're you're teaching a class on parenting. <laughs> or, uh, uh, or I feel like very it. called to that in the future. <laughs> I really do. I feel like I'm learning what I need to know now to share. Mm-hmm. You know, I consider it like a bridge. We all have these experiences. Some with kids, some without. Some with this, some with that. And I just love the opportunity to learn it make it a wisdom, make it something that we're experiencing full on, because I think the personal experience of it is what makes the difference. We can read all we want. We can go to all the plant medicine and all the things we want, but until we're doing things ourselves, it's not something that I typically talk about until I'm doing it, until something happens where I'm like, yes, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Or, or walk through this with me, or how did you do that? I see you doing it. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And on that note, I think what's also going to be very interesting, that's this is something that I'm looking forward to experiencing, is uh, when all of these children, you know, are adults and, and start mm. moving into adulthood, it's going to be, it, it's just like, I'm looking forward to getting to know those adults, you know, yes. who used to be children um, that, that you know, grew up in, in spaces um, like the one that you're, you're holding um, as a parent, like that, that's just going to be so very interesting. I imagine they're just going to be such lovely, lovely people. That's, I hope so. I, I believe so. Yes, I believe yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get back to psychedelics or plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Is ayahuasca the only one that you've uh, explored or journeyed with, or are there other ones as well? And, and uh, yeah, just tell me more about your experience with a uh, variety of them. Yes. With my Taita, there was a lot of different medicines that he brought to that space. Mm. Um, But the one I feel called to uh, expressing right now is I've also had journeys with mushrooms. I'm very fortunate that my sound partner um, that I I have taken my sound journey with through the Institute of Traditional Medicine, he himself is going through a beautiful awakening of um, becoming a a very gifted medicine man. Mm. And he's learned from the same spaces that I have through the, the gifted uh, titas and shamans that have presented themselves in our journey. And he brings that to mushrooms. He brings the, he brings it to his space. He grows them himself and not just grows them. I mean, sings to them, prays to them, honors them, knows the history and, and comes in with beautiful intentions. So I was lucky enough as well to have the mushroom journeys with him. And I also host some of the ceremonies with him because of what I've learned and how to hold and host, uh, a ceremony space, a sacred space, a safe container. Um, so mushrooms is, is, has been a journey for me as well. A very powerful teacher. One that I go to, uh, not often, not as often as ayahuasca because I myself am still challenged with control. Mm. I mean, specifically what I've done for the past 20 years is a very controlling environment. So the deprogramming I'm going through is heavy. So when I go into mushrooms, it's very embodied for me. And I have to consistently let go of control, let go, just consistently let go. And then the teachers can come in and show me profound things as well. And just in a different way that I'm physically challenged with at the moment. So yeah, very beautiful journey. Yeah, beautiful. Can you can you elaborate on that uh, letting go? Like, what do, what does that look like? I know you mentioned it's embodied. Um, yes. So, is there sort of like a, a a sensation that arises in your body during a mushroom journey, and and you know you you feel inclined to control that sensation, or absolutely it, okay? 
Yes, it does. It, it's <laughs> mushrooms. And, and this was described by a friend of mine very beautifully. He called them because they're fungi. He said they're fun guys. If you think about them as children, right? They are fun guys. They're children that come in and they want to play. My demeanor from my experiences in life uh, somehow brought me into the past probably 15 years. I became very serious. My natural disposition is playful, curious, passionate, explorative, fun. I've come from dance and all kinds of stuff. So I lost that part of myself. And in the process of finding these fragments, mushrooms brings me back to that space. And because I've been missing it for about 15 years, mm -hmm. it comes in heavy. It's almost mm -hmm. like the thought process of when you're in a depressive state or you're in that state of not wanting to get out of bed and somebody says, let's go dance. Mm. And you're like, I, I don't even want to get dressed. How am I going to make it to the dance floor? So mushrooms bring me to the dance floor in the sense that they come in. I feel every cell of my body, starting from my toes up, being activated. Mm. And it comes in so, I want to say, energetically into my body that I immediately close instead of open. And then my process now is to learn to open because when I close, it just becomes more intense. And I feel really stuck to my bed or the couch or wherever I am consistently trying to say, surrender, surrender, surrender. <laughs> As we know, when we say surrender, it just brings more lack, it brings more closure. Mm -hmm. So it's a deep, heavy feeling in my body that makes me literally feel like I'm mold, like that I'm stuck to the side of a tree and I cannot move. As I let go, probably two hours into the journey, then I feel release and I feel an abundance of pictures. I'm very visual. So then all of a sudden, I am in a different world. It's like I've slipped into another dimension. And then I surrender completely. I feel at that point, then I'm like a feather. When I'm in that space of my body has let go of the tension of them coming in and having fun and, and trying to relax me and play around, then I'm okay to have the journey and see what's available in that space and let it unfold. Each time getting better, just like ayahuasca. When I first started ayahuasca, it was not an easy journey. I fought and fought and fought. And my tribe group used to just laugh because they'd be like, Lisa, surrender. That was the big joke. I found my way very... Um, in a very challenging way to surrender an eye. And I believe that's where I am with mushrooms now too. I'm just finding my way into a space of surrender to let this beautiful guide come in and show me things that need to be seen. And they show me very specifically versus ayahuasca. It's more, like I said, embodied in my body. And that's where I'm learning to go right now. It's actually a journey I'm taking currently in my heart. So I believe it's very poignant to happen now. And uh, yeah. That's how I experience mushrooms. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's a door, right? I have to open this door. When I feel that resistance, something inside of me says, now you feel resistance. This is where you need to go. Instead of resistance, run. Mm -hmm. It's resistance. Move forward. There's something here for you to find. There's something for you to let go of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I, I definitely want to explore this, this uh, idea of surrender a bit more, but before we do that, we also don't have to do that if you don't want to. Um, what's something that you've learned recently about plant medicine? What's something new that you've learned? Something new that I've learned. It has to go back to where we were talking about integration. Mm. Um, I still see people 
and close friends of mine that are in that journey, I, I can very much relate to of consistently going, 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 going. And the integration work, um, if I go anytime too soon, mm-hmm. if I have to convince myself without an intuitive knowing it's, it's not right. And I've been there. So I know that. I know what that feels like. It's going to show me the same things over and over. So the integration, coming home and doing the work here, doing the work with my family, doing the work with myself, shutting things down and going inward to reflect on it, bringing out journaling, which is, again, something I've been challenged with doing on a regular basis. There's no regular basis with me. (laughs) It's kind of ebb and flow with everything. And letting the integration happen is my true journey right now with, with plant medicine, going when I'm called and doing the work. I know when I've done the work, when I go to the next journey, and it is more of an opening, uplifting, inspirational process. Mm. Do not get me wrong when I say that that it's still a a very challenging space, as I know, you know, um, but it's different. There's a different level of knowing when I go into that space, when I have prepared, done my work, showed up fully ready for the next phase, the next phase, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do know. So, yeah. So that's, that's integration is where I am right now, learning how to integrate and bring what I've seen, done, experienced home and work on it. Mm -hmm. Work on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Integration is definitely a big part of the process. And, and, you know, that's, that's definitely why I'm so impressed by um, people like yourself who are able to go consistently, you know, in, in shorter periods of time, at least shorter compared, compared to what I consider, um, you know, a period of time that's manageable for me. Um, and that's because, yeah, I, I, I know that for me, I, I need time to integrate, not only, you know, integrate the information and the experience into my life and sort of like weave it into my life, but also give myself, like allow enough time and space for the experiences that I had during the ceremony to like, for me to understand them and, and actually be able to reflect on them. Because often, you know, I, I go on a journey and there's a lot that happens and I come away with, you know, different things. And six months later, there are are experiences that I had in a ceremony six months ago that Mm -hmm. suddenly make way more sense than they did at the time. And suddenly there's a fresh perspective on them. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely this period of time for me where the, like, the insights from those experiences yes. slowly come to light. And, and also, you know, I'll, I'll be honest also they're, they, they're just overwhelming that, I mean, they're yes. overwhelming mentally, emotionally, um, physically. And oh, yes. I just don't, uh, I, I personally don't have that kind of energy mm-hmm. to, to do it, you know, frequently because it, it takes a lot out of me. Something else came up while you were talking of Mm. the lessons that I'd like to share. Ceremony. Let's Mm. talk about ceremony. One of the biggest lessons, um, I shouldn't even say lessons, experiences that I've brought into my reality is ceremony. So in these spaces that we've chosen and that I chose to participate in, I don't just choose to go randomly or do it, you know, wherever with whomever. I really, truly find safe spaces with people that I know and love and trust. And in those spaces, they're always done with such reverence from very experienced people. 
Mm. And learning from that process, not just the ceremony of how to hold space and to conduct that ceremony, but taking it into my everyday life. So I bring ceremony home. Mm. I have all kinds of, you know, ways to clean my energy, clear my space, you know, sage, Palo Santo, all those things, crystals, prayer, uh, bringing prayer before I eat, bringing, I'm even conscious of the colors that I wear in the day and the emotions that I express and how I want to reflect starting the day with different ceremonies, whether it's breath work, whether it's movement in spaces that I get locked down, truly bringing in sacred music. I have a lot of instruments so I can break up the energy with a drum. I can walk around my space with a drum. Sometimes I just let myself go tribal and primal and I'll just start to whack away and make very weird movements and weird sounds and things that are not necessarily, you know, let's get ugly. Let's move. Mm -hmm. Let's move this energy. And I also share that with my children, of course, but that is a huge lesson and gift. Ceremony and everything. Ceremony. Stop. Take a look. Listen. And it the ceremony brings you back to the present moment like nothing else. Mm -hmm. Let's think about what we're doing and give honor to where we are, how we got here. This was a choice. This is my choice. It's coming from me. I don't need to look outside for something. What happens outside is what I bring to myself to enhance what I already have or to help me remember who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's brought a level of clarity and confidence um, that I can tap into. And sure enough, I have the contrast of confusion as well on a regular basis. And that's just a reminder how to get back. To yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. Ceremony. Yes, ceremony. Mm -hmm. Ritual yes. ceremony, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I like I particularly like that you you didn't just speak on ceremony in the context of uh, plant medicine or journeying. You also spoke on it in the context of just your day to day, bringing, you know, what ceremony looks like during your day, what it looks like in, in different areas of your life. And, and that's mm -hmm. exactly right. I find that ceremony is a beautiful way to hold space for connection over, a, you know, a common sort of intention or objective. It's also a beautiful way. I think this is what kind of stands out to me around ceremony. It's a beautiful way to hold space for communication to happen. Communication on what, like what the purpose of, of that particular thing is, like that the messaging is, is very, very clear. And that like is super helpful for me because I know that I operate better when I have a clear sense of what's occurring in, in mm -hmm. a particular space or in a particular activity, because then I can, you know, really align myself with it. Whereas where there's a lack of clarity, I'm not entirely sure what I'm, you know, what, <laughs> what I'm getting on board with. And, and that can, and, you know, I can end up feeling a little lost in the process there. And there's a big difference between like the to-do lists that we come from in a, a programmatic type environment where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I've got this list and I'm going to check it off. And that's where I come from, from a, a bodybuilding background where it was like every day you're eating this and you're showing up to the gym at this time and you're doing this for not an intuitive personal reason. You're just doing it to get to the outcome versus how do I feel and what intuitively comes to me to be expressed through me? What a difference. What a difference that makes. Mm -hmm. It sounds small, but it's profound. 
right? Also allowing for that space when you're in an emotional, uh, let's say, traumatic or even just uncomfortable space. You don't have to go and do these tools to get out of it. Being able to sit in it in ceremony. What is fear bringing to me? What is the message of fear? And what I mean by ceremony is just holding space for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's go in a bit of a logistical direction here. What is it that you you think is helpful for someone who's listening to know around researching um, specifically, you know, either specific plant medicine or shamans or retreat centers, just in that process of uh, someone exploring this, um, what are some key things that you feel, you know, are important to research and do your due diligence on? And also, um, what is your advice for people who have maybe found a retreat center or a shaman, but they're sort of on the fence? They're not sure if they can trust uh, the person or the organization. And and so how mm-hmm. how should they go or what would be a, a helpful way for them to explore that trust? The number one thing I would say is wherever you're going for whatever you're doing, If the individual you're going to see is offering you the answers, that to me is a red flag. Mm. When somebody directs you back inward to find your own answers, that to me is a really good sign. That's number one. In all the spaces that I know of and have found, and I'll get to that process as well, but you're going to do your inner work and nobody can tell you what that is. Um, not interrupting in someone's journey or trying to speculate what is right or wrong for them is key, right? You're in a space where you're unraveling and you're opening up to your journey and you need to be guided back inward. So that's number one. Whoever it is, whatever it is, they need to send you back inward to that process. Situations like this where we have bridges and connectors like yourself, people who listen to your podcasts and hear an authentic quality throughout what are we talking about? What is this about? How does it make me feel? We got to go back inwards. How does this make me feel when I'm listening to this? Is this person coming from a space of authenticity? Does it make me feel a certain way? Do I want to know more? That's always a good sign of how I find my next thing. I can research all I want and go out there and try and pull things. When I let go, it comes to me. And how I know that is how I feel about it. It's, it sounds simple, but we're not used to that. So I hear about something, I get the anxiety. There's a difference between anxiety and no and excitement slash this is new for me. I'm going to take this step. And getting used to that, getting comfortable with your own feelings is number one as well. Um, and then when you are supported or find yourself around people you trust, it might be one person. Somebody might meet you and be like, oh, I really connect with what she has to say to me. And she seems to be having experiences that are intriguing to me. They can talk to you and then have a referral from somebody you believe in, you trust, and you've built a relationship with is number one. Having the experience is, it's not going to be, uh, for those who, who pick up and go to Peru and, and those places, to me, that is never an option. That is never an option in my world because I don't know who these people are. I don't know what's on the other end. I can't feel the energy. Should somebody come back that I know and say, I've had these experiences and this center does this, then you do your research. You go online, you read about, you call, you talk, you connect. That's a different story, right? 
um, and moving in those spaces of safety, right? Know who these people are, find out from resources like yourself, resources that are going to come your way. And I, I'd say that's, that's my number one. That's all my, my number ones. They're not even in order. They're just, that's what I do. <laughs> I love it. They're all your number one. They're all number ones. It's not <laughs> one, two, three. They're all number one. Make sure they're all there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was great. Here, here's an idea. How about we turn things around for a moment and I'll, I'll pose this question to you. Do you have any questions for me? Mm. Um, when you started your journey into opening up to your passion, which I'll ask you what that was. How did you find it? And what was the process of leaping through that door to make it happen? Mm, That's a (laughs) great question. I love it. Um, So when you say passion, are you referring to podcasting specifically? Or because you said um, opening up um, about your journey or, or these things? Are you referring to the podcast as a sort of way of talking about it? I would say the podcast, unless something else comes up for you that you'd prefer to discuss. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, I just wanted to clarify. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Can you repeat the question one more time? Mm-hmm. When you were in the process of finding your passion, what was that like A, to find it? How did you recognize that that was something you needed, wanted, or wanted to open your soul to? And how did you get to that door and open it up to take that leap? to, if we're talking about the podcast, how did you get to this spot where you said, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. So if we kind of rewind uh, through time for a moment, it, you know, for a period of time, I was sort of, well, first it started off like maybe about a decade ago, you know, I was intent on finding my purpose and, and aligning myself with that and just kind of aligning my life with my purpose. Um, over time that, you know, evolved and, and became different things, took on different forms. And one of those forms was I wanted to find my gifts or express my gifts. And so I was very much in seeking mode for a period of time. And at one point that shifted. And rather than being in seeking mode, I realized that, you know, there wasn't anything I needed to seek out because the the gifts were already there. So whatever it was that I had to give, um, they were already in me. And and so all I really needed to do um, was to express them and express who I am and just be who I am as I am. And, and, you know, I just, I didn't need to make any changes and I, I didn't need to go find it somewhere. Um, I didn't need to discover them. They were already there and they were obvious. Um, I just had to look. Um, <laughs> so, so once that shift happened, I started looking sort of like back at myself to start noticing, okay, well, what are the things that I'm already doing? What are the things that I already enjoy doing? What, what does what does it look like um, when I'm feeling connected to my soul, if you will, or to something that feels meaningful and fulfilling? Um, what does it feel like? Um, in what ways do I express that part of myself? And and one of the things that, you know, became very obvious 
uh, once I started exploring that was, while I love having conversations with people, um, <laughs> what I what I really really love about that is that um, I get to I get to connect with people. I, I get to discover who they are or what they have to share, and that comes from a place of just genuinely. I think I think people are just the most fascinating, like beautiful experience and and I want to know I I want to know about you know how people are feeling I want to get to know people and it would be it would be a challenge for me to get to know every single person on this planet and, and as much as I would like to <laughs> I, you know that that's going to be very very challenging it's probably not even possible um but so that was one of the things and then in addition to that it was also that I sincerely wanted to connect over the the kinds of, like not just conversations but conversations that specifically brought to the surface the kind of information about people including myself that made us feel more connected that sort of like created the circumstances that were just right for that sense of connection and and familiarity to happen mm -hmm. i was i was i was going for familial but i'm not sure how to word that um so I noticed that and and I also, you know, also noticed, hey, I, I love listening to podcasts. I think podcasts are such a cool, cool mm -hmm. thing. I I, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to have a podcast. And and that that specifically that piece happened maybe two two years ago or maybe I I would say 2018. Um, and you know, I really wanted to and I I've you know, that was sort of like where I was and, but I wasn't really ready to do anything about it. It was sort of just a thought. It was an idea. You know, I sometimes would sit there and kind of think about it and, and fantasize about what it would look like or daydream or whatever, visualize, whatever you want to call that. And then eventually two years later, I think, uh, a lot of things happened in that period of time, a lot of, a lot of growth and a lot of, um, I think in particularly like in reference to that piece of this journey of really exploring and, and just noticing, noticing is a much better word for it, noticing what those gifts are and noticing what, what I already am or what my expressions are, you know, naturally as gifts of like life um, and uh, the way in which the like life expresses through me just noticing that over time, doing more and more of that noticing, I think, mm -hmm. I think sort of like, I, th I think that was the work that was necessary to go from really being fully in that place or living in that space of seeking my gifts or seeking parts of myself that I felt I could really stand behind and, and express fully to being in the space of, oh, actually, I'm already there. And really, this is a process of letting go of, of all this stuff that that makes me feel like um, I, I need to do something or be something in order to be, you know, fully in, in my gifts or, or expressing those gifts. And so I, th I think over that two-year period, that process unfolded. And as I noticed more and more, I kind of found myself in a space not long ago where the circumstances were just right, where mm. I 
sat down, you know, when that thought occurred again for me of, hmm, I'd love to start a podcast. And then, and then I like, instead of, instead of that being followed with, oh, but I don't know if this is, you know, in line with my gifts. I don't know if, if this is a gift. I don't know if this is something I can even do. Is it, is it, am I really going to be able to serve through this? Instead of those kinds of questions coming up, now it, it was just like a very natural process of, oh yes, I would like to start a podcast and I love having conversations. And here are some things that I really care about and love connecting with people over. So why don't I just do those two things? Like I'll just combine these um, topics or subject matter that I really care about with this thing that I would love to do because I love having conversations. And I I do think that, I mean, mind you, <laughs> this might be me tooting my own horn a little, but yeah. but I'm saying it, I'm, I'm saying it, I'll give you context for what I'm saying, why I'm saying it afterwards. But and I do think I, I have a lovely voice. And so mm-hmm. that's another thing that that'll just be um, great as well, uh, you know, to use that voice for this particular reason. And so to give you context for that, you know, for for a very long time, I didn't think I had a great voice. There, there were there were many things about myself that I had trouble liking or enjoying there there was just you know the the self-esteem and the self-love just Mm -hmm. it 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 took it took quite Mm -hmm. a bit of time and effort and work and introspection and all that stuff for me to get to a place where I can actually say oh yeah you know actually I do like myself or actually I do like my voice and and you know that that took a long time and that's why I'm saying it um because it's important to to you know, celebrate who we are and all that stuff. Um, Yeah. So, so (laughs) long story short, um, it was a process. It was definitely a process of shifting. Like that process for me started with that original seed of wanting to live a more meaningful life and wanting to feel like I was being of service or contributing to, you know, this miracle of life through my being and through my life, not knowing what that was going to look like, seeking out information in order to figure that out. And through that process, finding myself um, realizing or my perspective shifting to, oh, actually, you know, the, from the minute I was born, you know, the gifts that I am or the, the, the love and, and the beauty and the gift that is expressed through me was already there. And all I really mm-hmm. had to do was notice it. I, I didn't have to go looking for it. It was already there. And so it's already there. And so now I think, um, you know, the journey continues and yes. the, the, the sort of like space that I'm in now as I'm moving forward is um, where else can I notice the mm-hmm. those gifts where else can i notice the you know love or, or I, I don't know if you want to call it infinite intelligence or the divine mm-hmm. or connection all that stuff where else can i notice that expressing through me um mm. because it is already there and then once i notice it really just lean into that noticing and and um expressing it fully even though like the expression is already happening and and that's kind of like the irony of it all it's already happening mm-hmm. it's just it's just mm-hmm. it just don't <laughs> see that it's happening but it is already happening um yeah. yeah i hope that answered the question i don't know if i missed anything there 
No, it really did. And the reason I asked is because there's so many people that are at that door of consistently practicing and they're either at the door and they don't know how to open it or it's a consistent level of learning instead of doing. And a lot of people Mm. are wanting to move into the doing, right? And I wanted to ask that, how did you get to the doing? And I think it was Mm. beautifully addressed when you said, I just started to realize that I have the gifts. This is who I am. And I leaned into it, right? I Mm -hmm. leaned into it. It sounds simple now when you say it, but I'm sure there was a process of, here I go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Here I go. I'm jumping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for expressing that. Yeah, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely a process. I think once I, I mean this applies to like many changes or shifts in in life. Um, once they happen, they feel like they're they just happened in that moment <laughs> or they happened overnight. But really, there was you know oh, yes. years of <laughs> working mm-hmm. towards it. You know, reflecting on things, seeking out answers, having conversations, all of that is what led up to it. So it, yeah, I I guess it's a combination of both. It also addresses people's need for safety. I Mm. think a lot of people feel like everything has to be perfect. I have to cross all T's and dot all I's before I move. And that I don't feel serves. I feel like there needs to be the ability that um, fail forward move into the direction. If you're going to make a mistake, you're moving into that and it's a learning opportunity and you're still moving forward, right? Getting stuck there, just move forward. Yeah. Right? We're not, we're not going to be perfect. <laughs> That's not the goal. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Well, this has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you for showing up and sharing mm. so many, so many wonderful things and, and for putting things, um, well, A, you know, you you use stories to kind of paint the picture, which is a beautiful way of um, communicating. And it's just it was just very eloquently said. So thank you for that as well. Um, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to part with? Final thoughts? I think what I was reflecting on through this whole process, and I'm, I'm currently in the process of learning, um, through lots of my teachers. Uh, This one comes to me um, from Sarah Blondin. Um, She's been really helping me open my heart and it's about the choices we're making. I believe now, um, I'd like to close off with saying, we have a couple choices. We have two choices for me anyways. One is to continue choosing the things that cause us to remain identified with the pain or we can make the choice like you so eloquently just put together to respond consciously to the pain caused by the heartfelt or the hurting feelings that are storming within us. And by finding that calm space and honoring each misunderstanding, we can find our way back to our heart and to love. Mm. And I think it's a consistent place of doing that. Which choice am I going to make today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which choice am I going to make today? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Life is all about choices. I mean, yeah, there's... There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) That's another subject for another day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. That's great. Thank you. It was, uh, thank you for reading that, sharing that. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful way of closing this. Yes, that came to me just before our conversation. And I thought if I was to leave with something, that one feels right to me. Mm -hmm. That's what we're all doing in some fashion or another. And it just depends on which side we choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Thank yeah. you so much for being such a great um, influential connector. It's it's what we need right now, and it's it's greatly received. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for yeah, thank you for being you for participating. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all of the things that you do in your life that uh, you know I'm unaware of, <laughs> and, <laughs> and all, of the, all of the connections you make and all of the beautiful moments you share with just uh, everyone you you uh, you come in contact with. And you know what? More than anything, thank you for um, being. Uh, such such a loving and uh man i i don't even know how to describe it but i to follow that up with mother thank you for mothering your children in a way that holds space for the sacredness of their journey um through life and then as they grow older and and become who they are that is probably you know it is one of the one of the most beautiful uh, ways to serve on this planet and one of the most beautiful gifts to give and you know the the fact that you are doing it in in that in a particular way you know so consciously and deliberately intentionally and with your heart um that is i mean that's so beautiful and you know your children are, you know, the, the future. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, like on behalf of myself and on behalf of the planet for, for um, mothers and, and fathers, parents like yourself who hold space for that. It, it's just so beautiful. So thank you for, yeah, more than anything for being the mother that you are. Mm, thank you, Gabriella. Deeply received. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, you know what? You're always welcome to be- come back on this podcast. Um, I had mm. a great time. Oh, thank you. So did I. And that was another psychedelic episode. And that was Lisa, who we had on the show. That that last excerpt that she read was just beautiful you know we do make choices and like i mentioned during the podcast there's a lot to unpack there are many different directions that that can go there's just a lot to talk about there and you know in general i have to say i do um i'm I'm so glad she asked that question about how this podcast came to be and you know how that brought up the topic of conversations i genuinely do really enjoy having conversations and there if i had a magic wand i'd want to have a conversation with um a, a lot of people probably for days and days on end you know just just keep keep at it just uh keep going in the different directions that are presenting themselves and the different topics that come up because there's an interconnectedness to all of these different topics and and there are parallels as well and it's just you know like our lives and our experience on this planet our experience of life is filled filled i mean with just an incredible amount of experiences and information and understanding and perspective and that creates an opportunity for us to explore all of that anyway i am rambling on here thank you for tuning in i hope you enjoyed that conversation i hope it left you feeling warm and fuzzy and zen like and uh, feeling gratitude 
appreciate the support, please do uh, share this far and wide with anyone that you feel uh, might benefit from this or anyone that you feel might be exploring the psychedelic space or plant medicine or just, you know what, just personal growth and is just looking for more community around that. Uh, because that's a really big part of that process uh, at least for me it is and i think i think i speak for a number of people community and ceremony these are these are two beautiful pieces of the pie that is our journey anyway lots of love to you all thank you for tuning in